0: Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind Weekly, our show about the current trends and events within business, tech, fashion, design, culture and more, from the Nordic perspective of our team of editors and contributors. Today on the program, we visit the new exhibition by fashion and art photographer Elisaveta Porrodina at the Fotografiska Museum in Stockholm. Also, we talk about Generation Mute, why silence is becoming a thing. And uh, later in the program, we are joined by our special guest, Olof Lind, founder and CEO of the Swedish startup Kive, an AI powered library for creators. We're going to learn more about what that is. I'm Connor Olsen, editor in chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind. And I'm here with Roland Philipp Kretschmar, editor at large, who's back from the mountains. How are you, Roland?
1: I did not break anything. That, so maybe my head, you, you <laughs> maybe my brain. Break, you
0: break your head. You did not break the internet uh, because no. you were uh, 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 ominously pre- absent from last week's show.
1: But actually, my absence maybe made the podcast better. I really, really enjoyed uh, last week's episode. That was really great.
0: Thank you for that, and I think uh, our our intern Martina, who's been working with us the last few weeks, she did a great job. We're gonna try, you know, keep working with her and and hopefully get her back on the podcast as well.
1: Very smart person.
0: We should note that Eric Sadin, our junior editor and 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 um, and podcast editor, is uh, is down and out with some kind of flu or uh, might be COVID. We don't know yet. We'll see. So
1: um, we'll think about Eric
0: yeah feel better eric roland um since you were away i know you received an interesting package we have to follow up on that (laughs) you you, you finally have the stem player in your hands
1: yes no scandinavian mind weekly without yay right so let's continue this journey with the stem player. so yes finally i received it it was a bit of a delay and to be honest, it just feels fantastic. I mean, the texture of it, it's it, its amazing. I mean, it's so soft and 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 um, you just have to experience it yourself. Then, you know, as we discussed earlier, it's um, <clears throat> pre, pre-filled, I don't even know how to say it, but with Donda, his latest album. And then, uh, you know, as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, you can then use the stem player to basically do your own remixes um, as you listen to... Um, to the album Fantastic. Now listen, mm-hmm. I'm very happy because uh, I received the news yesterday that uh, or the world received the news yesterday that Jay Ye is launching Donda 2 only on Stem Player. So basically he is not launching mm-hmm. his, his upcoming album on any other platform than Stem Player. That's going to be interesting.
0: All right. And, and can we trust that if he's like his behavior has been quite erratic later on, on, on social and, and changing his plans uh, all over the place. But uh, so no, I, I'm i not trusting that. Spotify as well.
1: <laughs> well, he, basically, I'm thinking he's going to probably launch it first on stamp player, and then he's going to see that nobody is basically buying it. I, mean, I don't know. Listen, he, he has sold two million, uh, around two million stamp players. Um, Let's see if he, how much more he sells because of this. But then I, my guess is that he will launch it on tidal, where he's a part owner, and then my mm-hmm. guess is that maybe he's gonna, you know, just launch it everywhere else. You know, let's see. Right. But it's interesting. You know, I think he's onto something. I mean, in his press release or his Instagram post, he basically says, you know, why should I as an artist only get twelve percent of the earning wh- when I, yeah. you know, so he's onto something.
0: I mean, there's a lot of buzz around uh, music and and crypto as well, so I think uh, yeah, big artists like that talking about alternative ways of distributing and and uh, you know charging for their music, definitely going to be a thing that we we will see uh, you know in the months and years to come. Mm. But so, it's listen, it's, what, a what... it's a gift.
1: It's a gift. I think uh, for anyone, it's a great uh, idea for a gift to Two dollars, yeah. two hundred dollars.
0: Yeah so what are, just uh, quickly what are your impressions about using it holding it uh, is it connected to an app can you give us a little bit of a feel for for how do, you, how do you use this device
1: yeah so I mean it's it's basically it's not connected to anything I mean you can connect it to I mean through a USB to to your uh, computer and, and from there you can upload the files uh, music files uh, you know that you have um, but um, it's it's uh, you have domed on it uh, I, I think maybe what's going to be a bit challenging is that part, you know, that you you basically have to f- transfer the files manually through, uh, you know, USB. It's it, it's not that, um, let's say, user friendly in that sense, right? However, right, right. when you have the files on the stem player and it comes preloaded with Do- Donda, right? I mean, it is amazing. It's super intuitive, super easy to use. It's fun. Uh, the kids love it. You know, they 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 took it over. Um, I think he's onto something. And you know, for for people listening that have used teenage engineering devices, or you know, I mean, it's it's obviously very similar. But I, but I the whole kind of tactical feel of it, because it is it is a round soap bar shaped, super soft piece of device. I mean, that in itself is interesting. I mean. Uh, hardware usually is quite hard, <laughs> right? It is, yeah, uh, yeah. It is not, um, I mean, it, it, yeah, so this is something new, but it's It's now, but it is onto something there. I think uh, we're gonna see uh, much more hardware challenging, um, basically, what, what I mean, what we would expect from hardware. You know, I think mm. this soft mm. tactile um, feel is amazing.
0: Interesting stuff. Let's revisit this and and you of course have written a lot about this uh, also in the uh, second issue of Scanner in Mind where we interviewed um, Isabel Olsson about her work with uh, sort of Google's hardware. So let's revisit this topic. Um, moving on, I'd just like to quickly mention, I, I uh, kind of uh, went all Roland Philippe Kretschmann yesterday and went to a gallery opening, an exhibition opening, it's kind of your, 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 your uh, uh, role here on Scandinavian Mind. I went to the, the Fotografiska Museum and Elisaveta Porodina, a Russian-born uh, uh, German-based uh, fashion and sort of art photographer who has an exhibition opening now. Super uh, fascinating. Uh, I didn't know that much about this photographer before, but I know knew of her pictures because she's been featured in a lot of um, you know fashion magazines the last few years. And actually, the exhibition is uh, basically based on works that she has done just the last two or three uh, years. Um, were you aware of this photographer, Roland?
1: well i mean i heard a name but to be honest not did not know so much about the work um yeah. i was not invited to this um this opening you see you know you're, you're still the, the man here i never get invited to anything um and uh, that's sure you do. ah not really but that's okay you know i i, I can just view stuff online it's fine <laughs> um but uh, listen i'm curious conrad why did you like it
0: I think I liked it because, I mean, naturally, you know, working with fashion and fashion magazines publishing for so long, I, I'm naturally curious of any um, uh, photographer that really is a, has a strong sort of voice or a strong sense of, of, of uh, aesthetics. She really has a unique sense of aesthetics. The lighting is really unique. Um, um, and, uh, you know, she, she, I actually talked to her, uh, uh, you know, going... Uh, I'm sorry, um, I actually had a chance to talk to her for a few minutes and she mentioned that she actually doesn't do any post-production or very little post-production mm-hmm. and what people always think about her work is that it's it's super sort of, uh, uh, you know, suggestive lighting and... and uh, and uh, you know very expressive and that that a lot of that comes from post but she says everything is done in pre-production and for me you know someone who works with you know big clients like Dior, Montclair uh, and some of the big magazines as well coming out and having this strong aesthetics and this strong voice uh, that really is like moving into art. It's really fascinating hmm. to see. She's only 34 years old. She, you know, they're calling her the rising star within fashion photography and really, really want to, to watch. So that was super fascinating to me.
1: Hmm. And tell me about the event. So...
0: Uh, you know, the event was nice. Uh, you know, I think we're still in this kind of period where, where people are um, waking up from COVID, you're still meeting people you haven't seen in a couple of years, people that, you know, you know, in the industry and super friendly with. And, and so that's, that's always a, 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 a super nice thing. Um, and, you know, guys, it's, it's a beautiful location in Stockholm. Um, I just want to mention one thing we, before we move on and that she she, she had, which was pretty unique, you, you know, we all seen various takes on, uh, uh, you know, Zoom photo shoots during the pandemic and mm-hmm. I've seen some really bad ones and, you know, a lot of them are bad ones. Uh, but uh, Elisaveta has done some, you know, she's done some really amazing work done through Zoom photography, which is staggering you couldn't tell it. it's done through a uh, um a computer and, and there are some famous pictures of a pregnant Chloe Sevigny, uh photographed you know obviously mm. she was in the apartment and Elisabetta was in her studio in 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 berlin um so i mean that 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 alone is worth uh um uh, visiting the exhibition for and also the, just the body of work the the, the breadth and width of, of what you know what she's created this the last two or three years is amazing so uh, hmm. good recommendation fantastic
1: great well that sounds like a good tip then for anyone visiting stockholm in the next couple of weeks
0: i think so and i think you know with with the restrictions now lifted we're going to see more about uh, from from these types of events and uh, and openings in the in the weeks and months to come so, how was the noise
1: level in this event?
0: The noise level, uh, pretty calm, uh, pretty calm, pretty busy. In actually, it was pretty busy in the in the dinner because they had a, they had a DJ blasting throughout the dinner. And, and you know, uh, we all of us that were you know forty plus, we were sort of asking the the the, the organizers to, to lower uh, the sound. But I know I know why you're asking because this is a perfect segue into our next topic, right? generation mm-hmm. mute what is that
1: well i mean this is quite typical of the the times we live in right i mean there's sound everywhere uh, you you know you're at the dinner there's the dj you, you you listen to podcasts you you listen to music you go you know there's basically you 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 watch movies online i mean everywhere there's sound 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 right and i think there's this counter trend now looking into how to find silence in everyday life so i think uh, if you look at sales of um, noise cancelling um, headphones in the last couple of years i mean they're mm. booming that speaks to the trend right i mean a lot of people including myself are using noise cancelling headphones not to listen to something but actually to just cancel noise <laughs> right yeah. so i uh, i think it is pretty fascinating and uh, I have myself gone to silent retreats uh, on a few occasions, you know, like 10 days in total silence. And, you know, when you come out, you, you, you basically feel totally reborn. So I, I understand this, this uh, need for silence. What is your take on that?
0: I, you know, I hate sound. I mean i'm super sensitive to sound i always want it as, as quiet as possible at home uh you know i don't like music in the background and you know i'm, I'm really i don't know why why that is i haven't thought about it that much but I, I know uh and i am very uncomfortable in in environments with uh, a lot of you know, uh, you know, people talking. But you know, the, the worst I think the worst part is with people listening to having th- their devices on loud, and you know, be, you know, parents not having uh, you know the discipline f- with their kids on their iPads and that type of stuff. So I mean, we, there, there's been a quite, as you say, there's been quite a lot of talk, uh, you know, the past few years about maybe we should have some new uh, social rules uh, around this stuff because there's so much more new sounds uh you know all around us right
1: mm. and what's interesting also is that uh, a lot of people including myself are watching for example netflix uh, <clears throat> you know muted yeah so you, you be, th- th- that's quite interesting if you think about it as a filmmaker really? yeah you know you just you you watch it muted because you you want to follow the kind of the script the story but you don't want to get the sound <laughs> so mm. that that is i mean and, and i even do it at home mm. So sometimes I just have the show on, um, totally muted on the TV, and I just watch the show. Quite, quite interesting.
0: That's interesting. I think also as a, if you're, if you're a you're sort of a podcast listener, which I am, so I listen to a lot of mm. podcasts. That's, it's a way for me to sort of consume information and, and you know knowledge about what's happening. Uh, I have to uh, really you know uh, think about uh, shutting it off and try. I'm I'm really you know trying to find moments in my day. If I'm walking to the office for fifteen minutes or so, trying to do those activities. Uh, silent, sometimes mm-hmm. with the, you know the, the, the silent headphones on, but nothing playing uh, because you really need that sort of those moments during your day where your thoughts just can uh, meander, right?
1: Yeah. And also, if we look at how most people work nowadays, I mean, white collar workers, at least, you know, in these open landscapes, you're, you're always kind of on, you're always available, people roam around in the office space, talking, chatting, laughing, I mean, that's fine. You know, I I love social interaction, but it's also extremely disturbing, right? So, yeah, let, let's see what's gonna happen. But I've seen, for example, when it comes to office uh, design trends, I mean, we are now seeing um, kind of individual offices coming back. So um, that that could maybe be something that we touch upon in the podcast. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, have, have you been reading up on this topic? Is, is there any changes in terms of generations? Uh, um, well,
1: I, mean, I, think I think this can... whole uh, working from anywhere trend also um, fits into this. So basically, you know, if, if you're used to work from home, you can then create your own safe space. You know, you if you want music, have music. If you want silence, have silence. But when you're in the in, in these normal, let's say, office spaces, open floor office spaces, you're basically forced to socially interact. You're forced to have noise constantly around you, etc. cetera. So um, what I've seen is, and, and we can do some more research, but I've seen some counter trends now also to office design, where they now create these uh, individual rooms basically for people to hide in um so and and not just having one or two rooms for phone calls i'm i'm literally saying hundreds of rooms so yeah and and, and, we're gonna need that a lot and
0: i'm actually sitting in one of those rooms right now recording this podcast at at our office Uh, but these rooms are constantly uh, busy now uh you know first day arrive these sort of little you know silent huts uh with the bad lighting and and uh (laughs) bad air conditioning uh but but great sound uh you know uh like noise cancellation from the office around it but uh, yeah Mm. i I can tell now especially when the restrictions lifted these 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 places are filled every day they're really uh, you know hard to get
1: yeah and, th- and this is interesting i mean maybe as a last comment that pre-pandemic you use those rooms maybe to make to take a phone call maybe a private phone call you know calling your wife or girlfriend or you know whatever right mm-hmm. but now as you say i mean now you literally go into these rooms to kind of shut off the rest of the world so you can continue to focus as you did maybe better during the pandemic working from home
0: all right, Roland, great observation. Uh, we'll I'll definitely keep an ear open for this topic uh, in the weeks to come, and, and let's revisit it. Super exciting. Mm-hmm. All right, now we are joined by Olof Lind, founder and CEO of the Swedish startup Kive. Olof, welcome to the show. Thank you.
2: So uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Let's get right into it. I mean, uh, we always love talking about creativity and how, specifically, how new technologies is changing creativity. And I feel like you are smack in the middle of this uh, uh, topic. Uh, can you just, I think, just briefly for the listeners, describe the, the service, uh, Kive, and uh, how it's different from, from similar tools for creators?
2: Okay, yeah. So, uh, Kive is a creative development platform. And it's a faster way of building ideas, finding inspiration and working with your team on developing something creative. Um, Hmm. And it's basically a self organizing media library where you can search instead of sort, um, Mm -hmm. which uses AI and machine vision to let you um, find exactly what you're looking for when you're looking for it. uh, So you don't have to dig through folders and, and spend hours and hours looking for the things that you kind of know where they are. Mm. Uh, or, or that you kind of know how they look, but you don't know exactly where you put them.
0: Oh, I can what, ask okay, you is... so when I see, you know, on your website you see the visuals how you present it. Uh, you know, I get a sense that you know, th- this is for people who use Photoshop, who has a lot of visual imagery, a lot of big library of that type of stuff. Uh, uh, can you talk about how? Uh, this is different from a traditional, uh, uh, you know, uh, file sorting system. Uh, I mean, h- how is AI, uh, you know, uh, used in, in this situation? Yes. Um, so
2: a, a normal file sorting system uh, works like this. Uh, you put your files where, uh, where you want them and then you have to remember where you put them. Right, right. So you have this hierarchical system, and you have to have a master uh, spider sense of where you put everything. Uh, mm-hmm. But the way that Kive works is you, you don't have to think at all about that. It's, uh, it's, we say that it's a self-organizing library. And the point of that is uh, it, you never have to think about where you put things. You just uh, need to know what you like what, what the image looks like and then you can find yeah. it. Uh, and that's en- enabled by this uh, great new technology like machine vision, uh, which can look at an image at scale and understand what's inside it and what it looks like. And then you can kind of like t- talk to the machine and say, well, I need something that looks like this. Uh, and then it can, you know, go through your
0: files and find exactly what you need. And you actually talk to the computer? You don't search, it's not, uh, you're, it's not typing?
2: Well, you don't really talk to the machine,
0: but... Uh,
2: it, so it, it's it's the kind of search that you're familiar with, but right. I'm talking about the, the the idea, the basic idea of it is that instead of having to know where everything is, you have a computer or a, or a system that knows it. Um, knows it. Right.
1: Listen, yes. I, I'm curious. Um, I'm using a lot of different knowledge management tools, as everyone, right? Uh, I mean, it could be anything from Google Photos that has a great AI built into it, or it could be Evernote that I've used for 10 years, or anything, right? Um, how do you then transfer all those files into Kive? I mean, because I, I, I don't want to start using from scratch a totally new knowledge management platform. I want to basically aggregate everything that I have from every platform that I use into Kive. Is that possible?
2: I mean, so, so this is one of the things that we've been working really hard on last year because, uh, like it, it, it's, it's probably the hardest thing to get started. is like, how do you import everything? So we, we've, we've done it in steps, uh, and, and, um, the, the first step was just like making sure that you could upload a huge amount of content in one go. Uh, and like, right. because, because 70% of the creatives that we talk to are still using their f- uh, folder systems, strangely, like on their computer. Uh, so that was our first thing, like, okay, let's, let's get rid of this stuff. And so we built a, a way to, um, to let you just drop drop the folder, and we like find everything in that folder structure, and we can upload it in one go. So that that was the first step, and then we took care of um, Dropbox import, uh, and then we took uh, and then we built a Chrome extension, so you can basically start saving things right from the web into Kive. and we'll keep on adding these tools to make it super convenient to just switch to Kybe. Um so
1: Can yeah. I ask you a follow-up question then. So would you say that Again, coming back to Google Photos, I'm just curious. I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, <laughs> but Google Photos, to my experience, is an amazing, uh, amazingly intuitive um, way of searching photos. Um, a Great machine learning behind it, um, but that is, I would say, mainly then focused at you know private users, maybe taking photographs of their kids and blah blah blah. You know, so. Is Kive at all aimed for the private user or is this kind of for the business user, for the professional?
2: Exactly. Yeah. So Google Google Photos, um, it's a great product for a billion people, right? So they, they're building a mass market consumer product. And when they do that, th- there's a bunch of things that they can't do. And w- we're instead focusing on creatives and creatives mm. have... a a different set of problems than, than you do as a like private person. So Kive is not for your family photos. Um, Kive is for creative work. Hmm. And with that focus, we can do a lot of things that Google cannot do.
1: Hmm. So give me some examples, some features then that are unique to Kive.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, so, and, and I should say this first, like uh, my background is in creativity right so i 've been a director for ten years um, and uh, directed a, mostly commercials and what I discovered in that uh, job was that uh, like like a huge part of my job is just communicating with other people who are uh, cre- working on the same thing and like making right. sure that everyone sees the same idea. If we don't see the same idea, we're going to pull in like a million different directions. So like the number one thing is that if you're working a number of creatives on a project, you all have to kind of see the same vision. So I worked very intensively with like vision building and making sure that that vision was clear. Um, So it's something that we've worked hard on in Kaiv to make vision building and transferring ideas and visions. Uh, across teams very seamless uh, so on top of this uh, smart library we have uh, boards and projects where you can work on multiple boards at the same time to exchange like a uh, visual worlds and um, and a collection of creative ideas that belong in the same uh, project so so you so this is kind of how I worked as a creative. When you, when you start building visual ideas, you have like all of this inspiration, you have all of these different aspects of a project and then you put, put them together. And when you do it, it starts crystallizing and it becomes clear. So, uh, so we've done that in Kyle and something else we did recently is, uh, we try to solve the problem that I, that I've had a lot as a director in, in film, uh, where all the inspiration that I have comes from film. So I would spend a huge amount of time just basically screenshotting films. Like I would play a video, pause it, uh, wait for the play bar to disappear and then screenshot it and then do it over and over again, um, which, you know, was quite inconvenient. And so we just said, well, you know, this is kind of a small thing and it's pretty easy. Uh, So we'll build a frame extraction tool that lets you uh, just pull frames in a very, easy way from a video and we built that out and then we did it like an automatic, uh, version that pulls out one frame from each scene. And then, uh, and then we could, by doing that, we kind of cut hours of work from a visual creatives workflow. Um, Mm. so that's just like a micro tool that really helps the workflow
0: fascinating stuff I, I, I want to know more about the reactions from established uh, uh, you know directors and so forth but before we go into that I want to hear I'm, I'm a little bit curious about your own sort of uh, uh, entrepreneurs journey here I mean you have attracted some of the most renowned sort of venture investors uh, criandum mm-hmm. EQT ventures to build this thing when did you sort of move from being a director into uh, you know becoming an entrepreneur really realizing this vision what' well, talk about that transition? Um, well, it it wasn't like a
2: clear breaking point, honestly, Uh, I've always liked building things like from a very uh, early age, I've just built little small projects for myself, but and, and I've kept doing that over the years. Um, so when I had this problem as a director that you know, I'm spending so much time just doing vision building. I'm spending so much time trying to find my files. I'm spending so much time trying to get this idea that I have in my head to your head, like I mm. constantly had that problem and it just kind of uh, s- struck me that well, no, nobody's doing anything to make this better. Uh, so maybe I can just build a tool that, you know, I want to use, uh, and, and I started building Kive just, just. For, for myself, honestly. Uh, so it, it was this um, realization that AI had come to the point where it could do a bunch of really interesting things that would get rid of repetitive work. Hmm. Um, and and the, the very, f- like, the, the first version of Kai was just me, uh, like, teaching myself React so I could build a React app. And then teaching myself how to use all uh, all these technologies and then build a basic uh, prototype of it and then once i had the prototype and it was just like kind of mind-blowing what it could do uh, and how fast it could do it i couldn't really let it go so while i was working on field productions uh i i kind of had this thing on the side where i would like uh I would wrap a film production. I would go back and then sit for a couple of weeks and just <laughs> build this thing out. And then, and then I would take it with me on, uh, on a shoot and I would like kind of use it in my job and say, okay, so this, well, this works and this doesn't work at all. So, mm. uh, so I could kind of like g- get, give a feedback on, on the product and then work on it. And, and, and I did that over and over, uh, for a long time. Um. Well, so, so
0: how, when did you re- decide like this, I want to make this a company. I want to make this uh, I want to realize this vision and, and you know help others with it.
2: Well, I, I started inviting a couple of friends and colleagues to it and, right. and they were, and they were kind of like, Oh wow, this is cool. Uh, and then can I, you know, can I invite this person to it too? Uh, and, and it's started growing a bit, um, like s- still quite controlled and small, but, but I, but I realized, oh, wow, this is not this is not something that uh, like, it's not a problem that only I have, like Mm. probably like every other director has it. Uh, And then I started thinking about it like, oh, well, actually um, probably every visual creative has a variation of this problem where you try to like move an idea, a visual idea that you have in your head to someone else's head. And then it just like, wow, uh, I realized this could be huge. Um, so I, you know, so I spent some more time on it. And, and then at some point it was just like, well, um, this is going to be a race. Uh, and this is going to be a global, like this kind of product will exist. Like mm. there, there will be, someone will build this product for the world, like on a global scale, and someone will win this market. And if I don't, um, if I don't move really, really fast here, it's not going to be me. It's, it's exciting be stuff, tight. so
0: I, I have one more question yeah. and, and then uh, Roland maybe a f- final one from Roland. Uh, so talk about where you are in terms of, of your sort of entrepreneurs journey. Uh, you know, are you in beta mode? How many users do you have? And you know, and what's the roadmap ahead? Where do you hope to be in like uh, a year from now?
2: Well, we're in private beta, so... Um you can sign up on the waitlist, or you can get an invite by an, by an existing user uh, to get mm-hmm. access. Uh, it, and, but it's a f- you know it's a fully functional platform, and, it, and it's own like it's on the web. Uh, you don't have to install anything, so it's just like uh, uh, you sign up, and then you can start using it as soon as you get access. And it works uh, like all the AI stuff, all the tools are there, um, and we. Uh, it seems, it seems a lot of people have this problem, right? So we have users in more than 70 countries already. Um, so it's not like a local localized problem. It's a pretty mm. big and wide uh, problem. Um, I think the the opportunity in the market is huge. Uh, so there are today um, I think fifty million creative professionals in the world, and then like that's that's people who work full time with creativity. But then I I think there's this really profound shift in the world where a lot of people are becoming creatives. They're not like selling their creativity. They're not working in advertising agencies or production companies. But they're like a couple of hours a day they're being creative. Um, so it's like there's 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 a cr- completely new market emerging and I think um, it's a really cool place to be because once that group of people gets more advanced, they will need to um, they will need to work in a similar way that, that I've done all my life uh, or all my working life uh, as, a, as a creative professional, as a director. That ki- that ki- mode of working will then be adopted by this um, uh, this new um, this this new wave of creatives. I think
0: exciting stuff. Uh, Roland, do you have a final question? Mm.
2: Yeah, no. I think it's fascinating.
1: I'm, I'm I'm waiting for my beta application to be approved so I can access to the platform and test it out. <laughs> Did you so have the artist? Ha- Yes, I signed up uh, just before the podcast, so maybe I, I'm really low down in the list, but maybe, nudge, nudge, maybe you can just uh, take me up on the list. No, but jokes aside, um, as an entrepreneur, you're always encouraged to focus, right? Uh, and I think that's that's the right way, and, you know, I think you've explained also kind of your target audience, uh, you know, the the, the, the expansion opportunities, etc. But could you see this methodology and technology pivot into other use cases
2: than for creative professionals. I think that it, it's not a problem that creative professionals only have. So like the way I see it, there, there are a, a, a number of things that are happening in the world right now that makes, uh, that, that are, um, driving change. So we, obviously there are platforms that didn't exist 10 years ago. Uh, And with those platforms, more people start communicating and being creative and building a platform by being creative. Uh, So like you have YouTube, you have Instagram, you have TikTok, uh, you have all these new platforms that are driving a change. Um, And while those people are not like like in the traditional sense, creative professionals, they are in need of better creative tools. Uh, So I think that's a really interesting market. I don't think we'll move into... Um, private family photos uh, in a while. So we'll focus on uh, that creative work. Um, but yeah.
0: All right, Olaf Lind, founder and CEO of the Swedish uh, startup Kive, uh, obviously short for Archive, I would imagine. Um, yes. Uh, thank you so much for for coming on the podcast. Good luck with your venture, and we look forward. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, staying in touch and and see following your journey. Thanks for having me. All right, that was the show. Thank you, Ulo for for joining. Uh, Roland, what are you looking forward to in the week to come?
1: Well, uh, there's a lot to work, obviously. Uh, spring might come, who knows, right? But I'm also excited about um, a new podcast format uh, on the topic of art, contemporary art and future of art. So, yeah, just a small teaser. Uh, it's coming soon on a platform near you.
0: <laughs> All right, <laughs> exciting stuff. No, no, that was a that was a real teaser. I, I I'd love to talk more about that, but let's let's uh, let's wait when when uh, when it's when it's really closing in. Uh, obviously, uh, we are super busy now, also tying the knots uh, and putting the last touches on uh, Scandinavian Mind Issue Three which I'm super excited about. Uh, we're also planning our, uh, the events circling around the launch of that end of March, beginning of April, another teaser. So uh, people on our uh, you know email list, please sign up to ScandinavianMind.com uh, slash newsletter to, to perhaps get an invite to our upcoming launch event. Um, that was the show, Roland. Uh, thank you so much for this week. Until next week, enjoy the weekend.
1: You too, Conrad.